Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty, boy. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucker on the road. It's like you ballin' on a budget, though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it, though. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my condition, I was too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. You see the way I'm rapping, yes, I do. this shit, tell I'm running out of breath. But tell somebody, cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Alright, welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, and we have a great guest with us today. We got Nick Fradiani, who was the winner of American Idol back in 2015, and currently has made his national tour debut on the musical A Bronx Tale. How you doing, Nick? I'm good, man. How you been? Oh, I've been awesome. I've been awesome. So cool, man. You coming good, to... Good. Uh, Coming here in Detroit to the Fisher Theater uh, later on this month uh, for uh, you know the a Bronx Tale, and you play Lorenzo um, on this uh, production. You know, how did you uh, get connected with uh, a Bronx Tale? Uh, well, really, it was just my uh, my agent got an email um, from the casting director that were, was casting the national tour, and they they had me come in and read uh, for the part of Lorenzo. And you know, I really had no experience really much in musical theater, but. I did know the movie. I mean, I, I was obsessed with the movie as a little kid. Uh, so I yeah. knew the movie inside, or the story inside and out. I knew the character that they wanted me to play, uh, who in the movie is played by Robert De Niro. And um, so I was really kind of comfortable with going in there. And, the, um, you know, it just went really well. And then, you know, they brought in some, some great, they had a great director and Steve Edlin come in and kind of work with me extensively uh, to get myself ready for this. And uh, it's been going great. It's been a great experience. It's been a lot of fun. And, um yeah, just kind of, just kind of loving it. Excited to get to Detroit. Cool. You know, what did you do going into that, uh, to that audition, uh, to sort of kind of give your best version of this character that you already knew about from the movie? 
Well, to be honest with you, I almost I almost didn't go to the audition because <laughs> I just didn't. I, I loved the movie and I loved the show, but I didn't truly think that I was capable of doing a musical. It was not something that I had experience with. I was like, I don't want to go in there and like make a fool out of myself. I gotta I gotta drive in. I gotta take the train in the city and do all this. It's gonna be a whole day. I was like, you know what? But um, one of my friends convinced me to do it, and um, I said, you know what, it can't, it can't hurt. You know, what, what, why not just go for the experience of it and just figure out, you know, learn what kind of an audition process is. And I think not having, putting a ton of pressure on me really helped. I kind of just went in there and, and did my best. I knew musically I was going to be fine. I knew I could sing the song, and I loved the songs. The songs are written by Alan Menken, who, um, who wrote, is famous for writing a majority of all the Disney songs that you know, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, like the guy's a beast, and he wrote all the music for it. So the songs I get to sing, I was very comfortable with. Um, and just the acting, I don't know, it just came naturally for me for this character. And uh, I think it was because I didn't put a ton of pressure on myself. Uh, like I said, the director was super easy to work with and kind of made me feel comfortable in the, even in the audition process. Um, so it was just uh, it was just a really good fit. And, uh, right. you know, I found something new now that I like. It's, it's kind of cool to be able to say that I could do musical theater now as well. Yeah, definitely. It was like, you know, what 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 could what could you really lose going, you know, going out and doing that audition? Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, and it looks like everything uh, you know, panned out well for you. You know, you know, what have you learned during this process of, you know, from that first audition to working with, you know, everybody on the production into, you know, right now about yourself in this new venture? Um, I you know, it's a good question, really. I mean, not to be like, "Oh, I'm so proud of myself," you know, but but I was, you know, this was something that was way out of my comfort zone. And it just yeah. kind of showed me and probably anybody that if you, you know, you just got to work at stuff and keep an open mind. And, um, and, uh, luckily I just had great people around me to kind of allow, you know, that, that, that allowed me to, to, um, to just get better over the, you know, I think from opening night till right now, a couple months later, there's probably, you know, a, a, a ton of growth that's gone on. I'm with a bunch of talented, um, actors and singers. So it's cool to just, you know, get it, take it, get the advice from people that have been doing musical theater for years. And, and, you know, they asked me on, you know, some of them are up and coming singers as well. And they asked me for advice. So it's just been a really great, um, great chemistry, great people. It's, it's been a real blessing to be a part of the show. You know, being that you, you know, were familiar with this, the character that you're playing Lorenzo, you know, from the movie, mm -hmm. like what, um, you know, what have you learned being a part of this production that maybe you didn't know about that character from before? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I watched it so many times that I feel like Robert De Niro did such a good job as the <clears throat> as that character that when watching the movie, <clears throat> you kind of know, you know, what he's about. He's the character is is fighting for his son. Um, he doesn't want to see his son go down a path um, uh, basically, uh, that's going to either, either end him, uh, have him end up in jail or dead. And, um, it's, uh, he's kind of the moral compass of the, of the whole show. Um, so it, it, I, I don't know. I don't think I've found anything new about him except for, I just really respect the character. It's based on a true story. So Lorenzo is a real guy. Um, Chaz Palminteri's real father. That's if he was a bus driver in the Bronx in the sixties. And actually when De Niro was, um, decided to direct the story and play the part of um, Lorenzo. He actually followed the real Lorenzo around. Um, went, you know, went to work with him, followed him around to, to get all his mannerisms down. So the way De Niro plays it is really how that father was. So um, I tried to emulate a lot of what Chaz, I mean, a, a lot of what um, Robert De Niro did. Um, 
and also I took some of my own father because I'm not a father, so I, uh, you know, took a lot of the, you know, the, the way I saw my father in the character as well, which, which helped um, to kind of find, find the character that I wanted to play. Was there any nervousness playing a role that was played by Robert De Niro in the film? Oh, of course. Yeah, I was, I mean, it, it was, it was definitely nerve wracking, um, to, to, especially, you know, in the audition, I, the last final audition was in front of Chad Palminteri, who played Sonny in the movie and wrote the movie. It's his life. So, you know, he saw, he, he acted with Robert De Niro in this movie, the, the two of them, he's, and it's obviously his dad. So, I mean, it was a, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was totally nerve wracking. And, um, but, you know, I've gotten to sit down with Chaz. I've had dinner with him a bunch. He's told me stories of his father. And just, I really, I just feel like, um, you know, uh, I, I couldn't feel any closer to the character at this point. You know, just, I know so much about Lorenzo and his life and his, and his, uh, you know, how he, how he, uh, how he went about his day. And it's, uh, it's cool. The whole thing is, a, it's really cool. I, I really enjoy, I actually kind of enjoy the acting maybe more than the singing. I've been singing my whole life. So the, the acting part of it has been, has been so cool. How were, how were those conversations like with Chaz? Oh man, it was, it was pretty funny. I mean, the first, the, the first time I met him was, was pretty brief um, at the audition. He basically just, you know, said good job and uh, that was it. And then I found out I got the gig and then um, I, uh, I met him again at, uh, I went to see the uh, first national tour. It was in Connecticut where I lived and I went and checked that out and he came and we took some pictures and hung out. And then he invited me to his restaurant in New York um, Chad's Palminteri's, it's a delicious Italian restaurant if you're ever in the city. Um, but anyways, we, uh, it's funny cause I, I went to go see him and he's like sitting in the back with a, like a little, like with his hat on low and he's all by himself. And like the, uh, the, uh, hostess walks me out there and I was like, you almost get nervous. Cause like he, he's a gang, he like, looks like a real life, like old school gangster. <laughs> and like you watch that movie and he's whack, you know, he's, he's killing people and he's an intimidating guy and i had to like tell myself like you're okay just go sit down it's just an actor you're fine he's a normal guy but he's got that he's got that intimidating way about him but at, at heart he's like the kindest guy he's been um you know he checks in on me all the time and um has uh, really helped me um you know uh, to, to do this role as, at the as as well as i'm capable of doing he's really uh, been hands-on throughout this whole process you know, what is it about the creative team for A Bronx Tale for this uh, touring production that makes it so special? Um, I think, I mean, one thing is the fact that, you know, we know that this is Chaz's, you know, it's a, it's a, true, it's a true story about Chaz's life. And he told us how important this story is to him. And right now, beside, he does the one-man show from time to time, which is how this whole thing started. But to to us, we're kind of keeping the legacy, he says, of his childhood and of his, of his family, his parents. His parents uh, passed away, and this to him is is what keeps his that legacy and of his family going. So we all know, you know, that it's important to him, as well as, you know, we're playing in front of thousands of people every, or performing in front of thousands of people every night that spend a lot of money, and we don't want to get complacent. You know, we play, we're going to be doing this hundreds of times, but every time we want to make it as fresh as it was, the, you know, the first few times we did it. You know, as somebody who's who's been a singer and you're you know stepping into this acting role, which you said you you very much enjoyed. You know, what have you learned about yourself as being an actor? You know, what what really sticks out in your mind about that experience? Um, man, that's a that's a good question. I mean, 
it's cool to see. I guess there's always a lot of growth. This is, I think, Broadway and, and musical theater is so much different than you know, you know, film acting or anything like that. So I can't really speak on film acting. I think that's much different. But here in live theater, you know, you see yourself change within the character, and you see you make different choices on different nights, and you react to the person you're acting with. You, you know what I mean? Some night, you know, there's been times where me and my son, who's played by Alec Nevin, who plays Colosio when he grows up. Um, you know, sometimes I'll notice he's more emotional on a certain thing. And it'll it'll kind of amp me up to get more emotional, whereas sometimes maybe we'll be, you know, maybe he's a little more sarcastic in a certain scene, and I'll kind of, you know, you try to match each other and treat it like it's real life. And, like, you know, and um, I don't know. I, I'm learning more and more every day. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I see the character grow as we're, as we're all growing. And it's it's been really, uh, been a really, uh, it's been a big learning experience, but so far so good. You know, in the past, you were, you know, on America's Got Talent with your with your band Beach Avenue, and then you would go on mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, win the fourteenth season of American Idol. What you know? What about those experiences helped you with this transition onto Broadway? Um, I mean, when you, I guess, on both America's Got Talent and American Idol, there's obviously a ton of pressure. Um, you're in front of tons of people live as well as, you know, millions of people on TV. So the, the pressure is high, you know, um, the only difference there was I was doing something that I had done for the last, you know, my whole life. I'd always been playing the guitar and singing and whatever. Um, so I guess it just, I guess it just, um, I guess it's just the fact that I, I knew I could handle the pressure. Maybe it wasn't something I was comfortable with, but I knew that I could, you know, I knew that I could, uh, figure it out. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to, you know, let it crack me. So I just, um, you know, I think it just gives you the confidence to, to be able to do something new. You know, in hindsight, you know, how, you know, what was your life like after winning American Idol? Um, I mean, it was a whirlwind for sure. You know, we, um, you know, we went right from, you know, the, I think it was about nine months the show lasted. And then, you know, we did, two months of a, of a radio tour promoting my single. And then I went on tour for another two months for American Idol, the American Idol tour. And then, uh, then my album came out and I was touring with that. So, I mean, it was a couple years of just nonstop. Um, obviously there's been ups and downs, um, musically. Um, but you know, it's been, it's been crazy. Luckily, you know, I'm able to do music as a career. This is obviously something a little different, but, um, you know, I see it as just a different stepping stone to where I want to get to. And, um, and I've just been enjoying the process. It's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun. You know that experience from, you know, everything attached to American Idol. You know, was there any? You know, what were the positives of that in regards to what you could do after that in regards to your music? Well, I mean, it gives you the opportunity. It gives you just different opportunities that just didn't exist before American Idol. I mean, I was working jobs before then. I mean being on the show and winning the show allowed me for, allowed this to be a career. Now this is all I do. And, um, I don't think, you know, it would have been a lot harder at, at my age. I was 29 at the time or 28. It would have been hard. You know, it's, it's hard to, to be found at that age. It's something, you know, sometimes So I kind of, it kind of jump starts your career where you get signed to a major record label. You are automatically going to have a single out your no, or an album out. Uh, you get, you, gr- you grow a fan base in the matter of months. And, uh, so really, it was just a, a quick track that I needed at that time. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's life changing, and uh, you know, just trying to 
you know, just trying to figure out my way through the music industry right now uh, is kind of wild, but it's uh, it's great. It's a lot of fun. What you know? What do you feel like you've been doing over the over those years to sort of keep on doing music and you know keep up with uh, your fan base, the people that you know would stick around to uh, to see what you're doing next. Yeah, uh, you just you just keep you just keep putting out music. You know, you never stop. I mean, the, the biggest the the biggest thing that'll hurt you in the music industry, I think, is complacency and. Um, or getting frustrated and, you know, I put out these songs, they didn't do well, screw it, I'm not going to do another one, you know. It's, um, you know, I basically, I'm stubborn when it comes to, when it comes to my music, so I'm going to be doing this till I don't know, I, I physically can't, I guess. So, I mean, you just got to keep, keep putting new music out, keep uh, putting content out for your fans, um, keep getting on the road and playing shows, whether there's, you know, 50 people there or thousands and thousands of people. You just got to keep going and grinding and putting in the work. Um, you know, I, I think regardless of where you're at, you got to keep putting in the same work that you would have put in, you know, from the, the start of your career. You know, uh, talk about the music that you've been doing recently. Uh, it looks like uh, you've had some uh, new releases out recently. Yeah, I put a single out. um I put a single out a couple months ago on November. My most recent one was put out on my birthday, actually, November 15th. I put out a song called Must Be Another Way. Uh, I put a song out called Empire a few months prior to that. Um, and I'm going to have a bunch more uh, music coming out in the, uh, in the next few months uh, that are already recorded. I kind of did a lot of recording over the summer once I booked a Bronx Tale because um, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go into the studio. So I got a, a bunch of music kind of... Um, in my back pocket that I'm waiting to release. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be cool to be able to be on the road and also putting out new music. That's always, uh, it's always fun. What's been the feedback of your recent singles? It's been good. I mean, I mean, they haven't been, you know, crazy hits or anything, but I mean, my fans, you know, I'm trying to just, I have a lot of people that have stuck with me for a long time and, um, I, I pay close attention to their feedback and, They've been really into the most recent songs, and they know a lot of the songs that are coming, too, because I've been playing those live. So the reception's been really great. Um, I love playing the songs live, which is important. Um, they feel really good, uh, you know, doing them acoustically or with a full band. They're kind of working, so that's always good. And, um, yeah, just looking forward to putting more out. Yeah, see, while, I see that while you're uh, here in Detroit on the, the Bronx Tale Tour that you'll be uh, – performing at uh, Aretha's Jazz Cafe on the 28th of January. Um, what's, That's right. Yeah. Thanks um, for saying that. That's good, yeah. What's, awesome, yeah. Um, what, um, you know, what's a, what's a live show like um, with you? Well, they're always, they're always pretty different um, depending on kind of, you know, right now I'm going to be traveling with the show, so all I have is an acoustic guitar and myself right now when I'm in Detroit, so... This is going to be a really chill show. Um, I'll be kind of doing like singer-songwriter type stuff, um, you know, acoustic, broken-down versions of my songs, some songs I did on Idol, um, you know, cover songs, all different stuff. But it'll be uh, kind of like, you know, MTV Unplugged type versions of all my songs. But uh, sometimes those end up being, you know, kind of the, the coolest for, for fans because it's really intimate and um, it's an intimate, intimate setting where you could really you know, listen to the, to the vocals and the, and the lyrics to the songs. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to play in Detroit. It's been a while since I've, I've been there. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to that show. 
Now, how did you originally get into music, you know, being a performer? Uh, my dad's a musician. Uh, that was how, that was, you know, his living um, when I was a kid. So I've been around, you know, seeing, you know, my biggest mentor, uh, you know, that was his dream in his life. So <clears throat> it's kind of been, you know, in my blood, I guess. So uh, that's kind of where it started. Um, and uh, yeah, then in college, I started learning how to write songs. And that was it, really. I kind of just have been playing gigs and trying for, for a while. You know, getting back to the Bronx Tale, um, you know, that's definitely a movie that people still love to this day. You know, they'll still say that's their favorite, you know, one of their favorite movies. You know, what, what is it about that story that really grabs people, especially, you know, with, you know, society today? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, what I think grabs a lot of people from who I've talked to is really the relationship between uh, Colosio and and my character Lorenzo. I think the father and the son, and I think that is what really grabs a lot of people. You see, um, Alec, who plays Colosio in the in the show, told me that somebody just came up to him after the show recently and said, you know, wow, when when you and your son, um, you know, kind of um, reconcile, or I don't want to give away the story if you haven't seen it, but we have a special moment at the end, and it kind of choked um, up this one guy and he says, I wish I could have had that moment with my father or, you know, we never, I think it's just a, a, a moment where in, um, in the show where you, you think about your dad and you think about that relationship. So I think that's what really, um, I think that's what pulls at a lot of heartstrings for people that see the show. How does the musical numbers of a Bronx tale, you know, help tell this story? Um, well, I think it's a, I mean, it's a huge part of the musical. I mean, um, it, 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 to me, it's my favorite part. I love singing these songs every day. And um, it, lyrically, Glenn Slater did a great job at just connecting it to what was going on at the time in the 60s. And obviously, it just helps to tell the story overall. And when you have Alan Menken, you know, writing those melodies, you're going to remember them and be humming them for many days. So it's a... Uh, it's a great, it, the, overall, the show is just uh, really fantastic. They did a great job when this went on Broadway years ago, and uh, to be able to keep it going is, is really great. You know, what's the, uh, you know, what's the sort of look of, uh, of this musical? You know, how, you know, what did the, you know, from your perspective, what did they go into, you know, how important was, was the authenticity of just the look of everything? Uh, I think that's really important. You know, you want to be transported into that time period. I mean, this isn't a, uh, you know, this is something that a lot of people that are watching it maybe live through it and they want to kind of reminisce to those times. Some people could, there could be 12 year olds that have no idea what life looked like back then. So it's extremely important. And, and the, the set is beautiful. I mean, you're immediately brought back into the Bronx in the sixties, you know, it's, it's really cool. Uh, it's a beautiful set, same set from Broadway. Um, our crew does a great job, you know, hauling that thing around all over the country. And, um, you know, it's a, it's quite a sight to see. You know, for people who haven't seen the movie or, you know, haven't seen the musical, haven't seen this story before, you know, why do you feel like this story is important for somebody to see, you know, especially today? Um, I mean, one thing that's cool about it is it's a true story. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's a story of Chaz Palminteri's life, you know, 
Uh, it's, a, it's a story about fathers and sons, love, underdogs, but it's about family. And um, I just think it's uh, it's important for, for, for people to, to see and, and, and learn. Uh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned uh, throughout this whole show. So I think uh, it would be great for people to come out and see it. All right, great, great, great. It's been uh, it's been great talking with you, Nick. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, good luck with everything, uh, the show, the music. I'll definitely be there uh, opening nights. I can't wait to see it because I do love the movie. Uh, where can uh, people go online to get more information about what you're up to? Uh, you can go to any of my social media, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. It's all at Nick Ferradiani. Um yeah, and even uh, at nickfrontend.com has uh, all my individual shows as well as you can get tickets to A Bronx Tale from there as well. So, yeah, that would be great. Hey, yo, thank you for listening to this episode of Fresh is the Word, hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash fresh is the word. Intro theme music by Foulmouth, Shimmy Bango, and Knox Money. Fresh is the Word is available on all major streaming platforms please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash Fresh of the Word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh of the Word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.